Hello everybody, welcome to the Small Beast Kaizen Podcast. My name is Brian Wenger, this is episode 17 and if you're interested in bringing about an improvement for your business, you're in the right place, you're listening to the right show because on this show I like to give you hints, tips, advice of how you can use continuous improvement to help your business go forward. So, if you're joining us for the first time, it's a big welcome. And for those of you who've stayed with me till the beginning, it's a much appreciated thank you for sticking around. And I hope you continue to find all those nuggets of improvement ideas to make it work for your business. So, what is this episode all about? I'm really delighted for a change to be in the hot seat. So what I mean by that is today I'm actually being interviewed myself. This is something that, uh, you know, I just want to go see how it goes. I've never been really been interviewed on my own podcast, certainly. So to do that, I've got a very young and uh, enthusiastic, quirky journalism and communication student. His name is Tinashe Venge. So um, no prizes for guessing. He's my son and a uh, really bright youngster in terms of um, what he's studying, journalism. So I thought I'd give him an opportunity to grill me. So, um, Tinesha, welcome to the show. Ah, thanks very much for the enlightening introduction. <laughs> Put me at ease completely. Absolutely, absolutely. So do you want to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and uh, shortly after that, you actually take control of this show? Sure, no problem. Well, as my dad said, I'm his son. Uh, <laughs> I'm my name is Tanashi. I'm studying journalism in South Africa right now. I just finished my first year. It's a fantastic course. I'm thoroughly enjoying it, and I'm an avid writer and a great speaker. I just enjoy working with media, and I'm also recent. I've also recently started my own blog, the Home Music Campus. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> he doesn't waste time to plug his own. This is my show, you know. You don't. You, okay, go ahead. You've already plugged it. So, do you want to take it up from the top again? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, from your, uh, when you announce your blog. Okay. Yeah. So with the help of my dad, I've started my own blog. Uh, I've been managing that for the last few weeks and yeah, I'm thoroughly enjoying it. And also I've been getting some inspiration from the uh, small biz Kaizen myself. Okay. So it's over to you. you. You're now in control of this uh, interview and I'm in the hot seat. I'm going to do as much as I can to answer all your questions. Okay. No problem. So, Brian, for our listeners, can you first tell us a little bit about yourself and how you became involved with the Small Biz Kaizen? Yeah, sure. I'd love to. So, I've been working for the last 21 years, uh, basically in a very similar role of what I like to call value creation. And what I mean by value creation is I've been involved in um, efforts that a business puts in to bring about an improvement for the business. So, this has allowed me to get real inside exposure in terms of how big multi-corporate companies operate and what really makes them tick in terms of the decisions that they're making and in terms of how they approach the bringing about improvement in a business. So this career has has allowed me to work for a number of companies, very uh, huge companies um, such as Nestle. I've also worked for Unilever, um, worked for um, Crown, Coke and Seal, and uh, most recently for Vodafone. So all this exposure has taken me to five continents and um, worked in 12 countries, doing all sorts of project-related work. But what I really found and picked up in all the work I was doing is you know, regardless of the nature of the business, because some of these businesses were manufacturing businesses, some were service industry business, but they still had very much one thing in common, and that was the customer. So every one of these business obviously has to be providing a service and a product for a, for a customer. And it's 
quite clear that any improvement effort in business is really aimed at trying to improve the satisfaction that the customers experience with whenever they interact with the product or the service. So in, in so doing, I picked up what I like to call the DNA or the common thread of what are the best practices that each one of these companies that I've worked for putting forward whenever they are going about the improvement initiatives. So this then gave me the inspiration to come up with Small Bees Kaizen, which is really a blog aimed at inspiring and motivating small business owners, entrepreneurs, and anybody really who is interested and cares enough about a business to want to improve. So what I'd like to do on this blog is just to use, firstly, I like to use different types of uh, media, like podcast is one of my favorite uh, methods, which I want to come across to my followers and my listeners. Um, but I also, you know, do a couple of blogs. I've experimented with a couple of videos as well. But really, the, the idea is to use these media formats to bring plenty of advice and rich tips and tricks for my listeners so that they can as well apply the same principles and the same concepts that have been reaping a lot of benefits for for these uh, big big conglomerates that's a very fascinating backstory (laughs) and you've obviously got a wealth of experience from just all the places that you've traveled and all the places that you've worked it's a very impressive list that you've got here sure and i'm curious You've recently written a book, haven't you? Yes, absolutely. This week has been um, one of my most exciting week in, in that uh, have released a book that is correct. And how did all of these experiences and just this general fascinating backstory that you have inspire you to write this book? Great question. So what, what I then um, found, you know, I've obviously worked in, in a number of uh, organizations and uh, on average, you know, about four or five years that I spend with, with these organization. I found, you know, a lot of the times I get asked questions. So how did this company approach this particular um, project or how would you deal with this particular business situation? So always I, I find myself giving advice, answering questions, giving my own experiences. And some of the time I find myself having to repeat myself over and over and over again. So I decided to come up with an efficient means to capture and put all those nuggets of great business practices that I've picked up over the last 21 years into a format which is reproducible, uh, shareable, and one which basically allows me to put down everything that I've picked up in the last 21 years in such a way that anybody picking up that book can um, actually, you know, run with the same principles and the same concepts that, um, like I said, that, that reap great rewards for a lot of businesses out there. Oh, that's fantastic. And I've just finished reading it myself, actually. Yeah, what and do you think of it? No, it's actually a really good read. <laughs> Thanks for that. I'm not just saying that because you're my dad. <laughs> but um, I was curious, how did you come up with the title? Uh, that's a great read. Uh, so, first of all, the title of the book is called Pimp Your Biz. So, <laughs> I decided to go with that title. In fact, you you, you and uh, Tamu, my, my other son, you inspired me to come up with this title of the book. You know why? Because you were always watching this MTV show. Uh, once in a while, I would also peep in this MTV show. It was called 
Pimp My Ride. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a great show. I used to enjoy it as much as you guys were enjoying it. And uh, every now and again, you know, I would see what's happening on the show. So basically the show works like there is a person who's got to run down very old, scrappy piece of uh, vehicle uh, that is um, used in the show to basically rebuild this car from the ground upwards. They replace literally everything, you know, from the brand new seats, brand new sound systems, mag wheels, you name it. I mean, you know the show more yourself. Yeah, exactly. So I took the same title and just gave it a little spin and called it Pimp Your Biz because really what, what I see as an opportunity is um, the ability for businesses to use these principles which are covered in this book to really you know, turn around and transform the business in in a very significant way by following, um, you know, the best practices that are put forward in this book. I was also, you know, playing around with other titles that came to mind. They're also on the book cover. One that was very close to being used was Weapons of Mass Improvement. So <laughs> in the end, I settled for Pimp Your Biz. So you didn't come up with an eighth Harry Potter title or anything? No, 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 not, not at this time. Maybe in the sequel I might come up with Oh, okay, like no, that. that'd be great. At least you can get extra sales from the J.K. Rowling fans. Absolutely, yeah. There's another plug for J.K. Rowling, but, uh, <laughs> you know, you don't have to pay royalties on this show. But if you want to, you know, feel free. <laughs> so uh, can you give the listeners a brief outline of what the book is about? Uh, exactly. So first of all, the, the the I had three objectives I wanted to achieve with this book. The first one I've already mentioned, I wanted to put down uh, as a record all the great business practices that I picked up along the along the line. So that's the first objective. The second objective is really just to show how simple the process of business improvement needs to be. It doesn't really need to be complicated at all. So... Um, in doing that, what I've done is I've broken the book into eight very, very logical steps of how you can approach the um, business improvement initiative for, for, for any kind of business. So chapter one is really all about getting started. So in this chapter, I cover what are the prerequisites before you actually start embarking on a business improvement drive what do you need to know what do you need to have in place what are some of the absolutely critical must have factors in place and uh, basically your success criteria i put it up in the getting started in the following chapter i call this chapter let's get real because a lot of the times the rationale behind going for some kind of improvement initiative is can be cloudy. So you need to know the real reasons why you want to improve and what it is that you want to improve. So that chapter really breaks it down to uh, such a level that you, you, you're able to f fully understand what is driving the need for improvement. Because if, you, if, if you're not addressing the real reasons why improvement need to happen then you're doing improvement for the wrong reason and I, I do cover this quite a lot in this chapter then i move on to chapter three which is really about the ci squad what i call ci which is basically short for continuous improvement but um my tips and advice of how to put together a great team that will help drive your continuous improvement program forward in the chapter four i call this chapter defining what awesome is and it's really that. It's really fast-forwarding and 
um, looking at what success looks like for your business once all these initiatives are put in place and once you've done all the steps necessary to come up with sustainable improvement. Then in chapter five, it's all about creating a buzz. You know, this is probably for me one of the key um, factors which um, really, really make improvements stick within businesses. It's the ability to have everybody in the company on board, everybody in the business excited enough to make that difference, to make that call. Right, and then we move on to chapter six, which is all about taking bold action. So in this type of work, you can do um, as much planning as you want. You can come up with as many fancy spreadsheets and gun charts and project management tools and software as you want. But if none of that gets done, it all comes to naught. So taking bold action is all about how to ensure that whatever is on the plan actually gets done. Then the last step in the process is really uh, keep walking, don't look back. This chapter covers really what it is that you need to, to do to ensure that your efforts are sustainable in the long run and you start creating a culture of continuous improvement. Um, and then in the last chapter, I also give a bit of my very profound um, advice in terms of how to make sense of everything um, that I would have covered in, in that chapter. So eight very logical steps, and that's how the book is actually structured. Uh, and it's a very well-structured book, as I can comment on myself, because I remember when I was reading through it, it just divided everything, all the different topics that you covered very perfectly. So like a small compliment there to say, well done. Great stuff. Thank you. And um, so you're obviously not the first person to write a book about continuous improvement. There's probably hundreds or even thousands out there. What true. makes yours special? Another great question. So first of all, I really want to say, you know, this book has been a pleasure to put together because it's allowed me to really take what is normally seen as a very complex subject or unnecessarily complex subject and really break it down to its simplest form. So the first differentiating factor I feel is my book is really simple to read. Anybody can read it. I mean, you're a journalism student. You haven't really been working in business, but I could see from the questions you were asking me and from the comments you're making that you really have understood that concept. So that was re real proof for me that this is really a simplified approach to what is unnecessarily made a complex subject in businesses today. So that's the first thing I'll put forward. The second thing is, you know, it's um, no doubt, I mean, I've, I've had the pleasure and the privilege to work for uh, very big and um, blue chip organizations who are very successful in their own rights. So what I have managed to do is I've kind of extracted that common thread and I don't believe some of the books I've seen, at least, you know, don't seem to have that um, common denominator that spans across five continents, you know, whatever was applicable in Thailand or in Los Angeles or however, because of the culture of the uh, business is there. I've tried to extract really the key principles behind what made that successful. So I believe that's another differentiating factor. And then the last one I'll just mention is I've also thrown in an approach uh, that I've called uh, MapDoc into this um, book. MapDoc is basically my own little scheme or my own little tool to help you as you read through the book to help you make sure that it, just, it doesn't just remain as a thought in the book, but it actually comes to fruition. So what I mean by that is MapDoc is an acronym which stands for Motivate, Align, 
plan, do, and check. So by using this MapDoc approach, which is applicable throughout the book, it then becomes a real practical workshop type of book in that you read a certain element in the book, you get to the grips of that particular concept, you align it to your specific business, because businesses differ, but the way I've motivated the principles is such that you can apply it to a one-man business, one-woman business, or to a business that employs a thousand people. The principles will be the same. So that's the alignment. The planning is just to ensure that you make that commitment to put in place that particular concept that would have been motivated. And the do, like I said, is really the actions, uh, doing something about it. And obviously, once you have done something about it, you want to be able to check. So I take you through that map doc process in this book, something that I believe, you know, a brand new approach in terms of how how to approach continuous improvement. So the map doc is my own invention, and it's definitely something that is uh, new in this book. Uh, in the book, you come up with various problems and scenarios that the common business will face on a monthly basis, and you come up with your own original solutions, like MapDoc, as you've just described to our listeners. Yeah. And are these solutions based on personal experiences, or did you just have the inspiration to come up with them as you were writing the book? I would say both. I would say both. Um, you know, I've been around and um, in a very short space of time. You know, 21 years is relatively short by, by, by any means of straight. But in that 21 years, it's been a very diverse exposure. So a lot, some of the, my personal experiences come through in the story and um, some I've also just made up just to bring it to life a little bit. Like I said, I wanted to simplify the book. So by giving very, very simplified examples, but very real examples, especially in today's climate where things are now very different. You know, the technology today is different from what it was 10 years ago. 10 years ago, no business would have cared that much about social media, for example. Whereas today, it's a big part of how businesses run. So I've tried to use my experience. I've tried to use the current climate that we're in. And I've tried to also use what I see as the future trends uh, to bring these continuous improvement concepts to life. And along with coming up with these uh, original solutions, there are some very realistic uh, scenarios, like you said in the book, yeah. things that the businesses face very, uh, daily almost. Yeah. And how did you come up with the characters to fill up these scenarios? <laughs> and were these scenarios themselves based on real experience? Yeah, that's a good one. Actually, so, so in the book, um, there is a make-believe um, company that is called Perk. Perk is a small company that is based in rural England, typically in a... It's the main commercial activity in that little village. What Perk does is it produces and markets kites, paper kites, made, you know, kites made out of paper. Don't ask me why I came up with kites, but I just did. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, so I've modeled a, a few of the characters around this um, company called Perk. And uh, specifically, there's four characters who, if you if you don't mind, I just want to go into them a little bit. So there is uh, Mabel Smith, who is the production manager, very, very able. Uh, that's why they call her Abel Mabel. Uh, <laughs> there is Roger Getty, who is, his job is just to mix the inks that are used to print the kites. So <laughs> you can imagine the kind of inspiration he has every time he's walking into his workplace at eight o'clock in the morning. Then we have Hakuna Mingoda, probably <laughs> my favorite guy. He's a forklift, forklift driver, and uh, but very, very positively minded guy. Originally from Uganda, but now you know very much part of the 
Perk community. Then we have Bob Vanale, the once retired but had to come back again um, uh, to continue his work. He's been around for a long, long time. And then finally we have Joe Blog, who a lot of the stories are around Joe Blog and his printing team colleagues. He works at the printing machine. So whenever I'm motivating a, a key principle or a key tool, like for example, the Pareto 80-20 principle, I then use these characters to see how they can actually apply that in real life to add value to their business. So it was great fun coming up with these characters and I kind of relate to them now even though they're, you know, fictitious characters. Yeah, one thing I did enjoy about them was that the characters were pretty relatable, just even for me, like you said, I'm a journalism student. Yeah. But they seemed very human, yeah. <laughs> which is, you know, why I was curious if they were inspired by anyone. But they're very, very good characters and make the book just even more pleasurable to read. No, thanks for that. Awesome. And so you mentioned a little bit earlier that you chose to make this, to produce this book in e-book format. Yes. Uh, would you like to tell us a little bit about why you chose that? Yeah, so so I think e-book, an e-book has quite a lot of advantages over, you know, the traditional paper book. For a start, an e-book you know, is one that you can get instantly. So an instant uh, download means, you know, the book is available immediately. And not only that, but even the storage and uh, transportation of this book is very easy. You only have to load it onto your uh, USB memory stick or better still, in the advent of smartphones, you can just, you know, you can carry the same book on your any of your smartphones like the iPhone or the BlackBerry, which has got a PDF reader installed on it. So that's real portability. But in addition to that as well, an ebook allows um, me to include hyperlinks, which, you know, whenever I'm talking about a specific thing, that would make better sense if I can take you to a link on a website somewhere on the internet, then an ebook makes this really, really feasible. And then one of, one of the reasons as well, but quite quite pertinent to the way I I look at things as well, is it does the environment a huge favor. I mean, you're saving loads and loads of paper without, um, you know, by using an e-book, you don't use, you don't chop down trees as such. So, so many good reasons for going the e-book route. And what it allowed me to do as well is I could also, a big part of the e-book is, you know, not, not just the text itself, but there are a lot of tools and techniques that I make reference in the book. I can easily include those as a template, which I have done with this book package. Um, so everything really makes a lot more sense um, in an e-book format. Those are very good reasons. And yeah. I like, especially like the green reason. Yeah, the every. Do whatever you can to go green. <laughs> this, 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 you guys will be inheriting you and your kids and your children. Children will be, need to inherit something that is really nice to live in. You know exactly. That's right. That's true. <laughs> Good. So writing a book, as you will probably testify to, is not the easiest thing in the world. You can go through some intense sessions of writer's block. Yeah. And for a lot of people, they just seem to lose dedication halfway and just altogether stop or just don't produce anything that's very quality filled from start to finish. How do you yeah. assure your audiences that yours from page one to the last page is consistent quality? Yeah, that's, that's another great question. You know, I really um, spend, first of all, I, I, I wanted this book to be as, as good as, as, as it could be. I was not aiming for, for perfection. That was never really the intention. But you mentioned the word quality. I really wanted to come up with quality content and um, quality takeaways for, for whoever's reading the book. 
So one of the things I, I I'd spent a long time doing is to really plan the book out in such a way that I made sure I've covered everything I wanted to bring across. So I used a very powerful and um, very effective tool called Mind Meester. I referred this actually back in the last episode 16. Those of you who recall, I talked about Mind Meester. But that was really the first start to ensure great quality in the book. So Mind Meester allowed me to really plan out each chapter, what I wanted to bring uh, through. Um, and I also must admit the MapDoc approach really helped me to just ensure that I have covered with everything I'm putting forward, there is a specific motivation. There is a an advice of how you can align this to your business. There is a mention of how you can plan this and the doing and the checking, as I mentioned before. So the map doc helped me get to the, you know, get, get through everything. But like you said, you know, there are moments when I would uh, get into that writer's block, you know, scenario. Everybody goes through that. Uh, what I just had to do is just, you know, stick to my guns, as it were, and uh, just soldiered on and... You know, I started writing this book. I, I even make reference of it in this book. I was just looking at a blank word document for a couple of minutes, then a few hours. <laughs> but eventually, you know, once you start typing in, once, you know, if you really know what you want to put across, it comes across naturally. And you just take your time. As long as you put your whole heart into it, I believe the quality comes through. And on a lighter note, there's some quotes that readers will find throughout the book from beginning to end, yeah. just in random places. Yeah. Are these quotes that mean a lot to you? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I really um, take inspiration from a lot of places, obviously, but there's three, I'll say for me, uh, key role models that I always want to model myself on. Uh, the first one is Anita Roddick, who is the founder and, um, you know, CEO of The Body Shop. So I use her quote right at the beginning. Uh, I won't go into that uh, so that you can actually go into the book and have a look at that quote yourself. I also use a few quotes from um, Nelson Mandela, who, as you know, is our icon, uh, really, really, truly inspirational. I throw in a couple of quotes from him. And then lastly as well, uh, by no means the least, I throw in some quotes from Bob Marley, who, again, I you know, is an inspiration to me in terms of, you know, the, the era that he lived in, what he talked about then, which is still valid today. So I just throw in uh, a couple of these quotes and um, to lighten the book a touch, but there are messages behind those quotes. And, uh, you know, I truly enjoyed putting in a bit of my personality into this book as well. Yeah, I found that they were relevant, but also, like you said, they put in some personality, made it a little bit more personal, and it all adds to the great read that it really is. Good stuff, good stuff. And the last question, uh, yeah. your book has gone on sale this week. Yeah. What would you say has been the highlight of this whole process? Well, yeah, so I would say to really see the book uh, launched, you know, it's on my website if you go to Small Beast Kaizen forward slash the book you will see exactly you know what to do to get the book so i'll say for me that was really the highlight um to see that it's actually there it's complete it's no longer just a, a, a figment of my imagination it's actually something that is a very good book that will hopefully help whoever is reading this book to pick out a lot of these key principles and run with them so I would say, yeah, the highlight is just to get that book out there. That really was a sense of satisfaction and I really felt good. No, that's fantastic. And yeah, that's the end of the interview. That's the book for you, Pimp Your Biz. It's available now at smallbizkaizen slash 
the book. Thank you so much, Tanesh. I really enjoyed this interview. And uh, yeah, just encourage all my listeners to go to our website. If you want, you can download a free sneak preview of the book. It'll give you what the first couple of pages look like. And, you know, if that inspires you to go on, then go ahead and get the full book. So it's been great talking to you, Tanesh, like I said. And uh, to all my listeners out there, I really want to wish you the very very best of these upcoming holidays christmas and new year is upon us and just want to say to you and your families and your loved ones have a very very merry festive season and i will see you all in the new year for that reason there's not going to be an episode next week but there will be one in the first week of january so once again i want to just thank you so much for staying with me on this journey we've been on this is now episode 17 when we started episode one i had no idea we're gonna get this far i remember celebrating episode seven like that was (laughs) the beginning of (laughs) something else and then i celebrated episode 10 because it was a double digit episode but hey we keep rolling so from both myself and tinashe it's over and out merry christmas everybody cheers everyone thanks very much